This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery. If you have a green thumb or have always wanted one, then get ready for Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, hosted by Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Garden Talk aims to introduce new ideas, help solve problems, and keep you up to date on the latest developments in the nursery and landscaping industry. Call in now with your gardening questions, 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. Now, here are your Garden Talk hosts, Ken, David, Mark, and George. Good morning, San Diego. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I am Ken Anderson along with David Ross and George Allman. Mark Mahady has a day off. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Did you guys notice the moon and the stars this morning when you went out? No, it was no. a little cloudy out in my neighborhood. No, mine too. I didn't see them either. It no. was uh, it was warm, though. I was surprised how warm it was when I walked outside. I'm guessing that was because of the cloud cover because I, I was too. It was supposed to be cool today. I put on my long sleeve shirt for work today. Did you see the full moon last evening, though, before? I did. Did you? I was did it last not. evening? It was, it was coming up. Was it full? Yeah. It looked like it was close. We did a hike around the lake two nights ago, three nights ago, and it was just cresting, and it looked almost full then. It was gorgeous. Um, I did not. It's supposed to be quite a bit cooler today than it was yesterday. And then they're say, suggesting we might even get some rain today. I heard, I heard in the evening. Between a tenth and a quarter of an inch. Oh, that's a measurable amount. It is. Yeah. Um, I was. I can't remember what I. I was at a. I was at an event one time, and the speaker was talking, and she said, and she asked everybody in the audience, "How many phases does the moon have?" And people were writing, you know, four, eight, or whatever, just different, different things. She goes, "It's twenty-eight. She said every day it's different." Which I thought was an interesting perspective. Inter- interesting perspective. All right, so, I'll give you that. So, anyway, so much for that. Uh, yeah, I, that sounds I heard, like something I would have said. I heard rain, probably rain today and possibly tomorrow. Yeah, well, there's supposedly five thousand feet of overcast, and it will squeeze some some that's moisture layer, out of yep. it. Well, that's good. Have you been watering as much as? <laughs> Funny, you should ask that. I turned off a hose this morning right before I left. The one that you left on from yesterday? Well, from last night, right okay. before. Yeah. 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 Fortunately, I got up early today, so it didn't. And it was on low. But. You, oh prob- well. you probably won't have to water that area for a while. No. Till spring. <laughs> yeah. Should be, should be the end. I was noticing how gorgeous my persimmon tree looks and i haven't put up the wire around it to prevent the coyotes i think i'll wait until the day after they take some i see the broken branches on the ground we, we put ours up because the they were already starting to get up near 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 it on the fuyu um but i actually harvested a coffee cake yesterday because it's a young tree it was the only one on there and i wanted to get it so was it has it it's was it's it or- orange it was oranged up it had a little green so i just oh. i took it off with the hope that i it but otherwise it'll be gone because that one doesn't have a fence around it i'm not even close there there's a little bit of yellow starting to show up on the sunny cheeks but that's it no ours was orange and we're excited about it here in another day or two i was just excited that my hibiscus looked as good as they do 
since they're actually getting water now. It makes a difference, doesn't <laughs> it? Makes it makes a huge difference. A lot of plants thrive here in Southern California with, with water, with water. adequate water. hydration. With adequate hydration, exactly. Yeah. I did that test on the on my peppers, my little sweet peppers. I haven't watered them for a, probably a week or two. And for some reason, the, the leaves were kind of droopy. And then I watered them, and then the leaves weren't droopy they were le- anymore. less droopy? Yeah. And, and no, no evidence of insects or anything? No, actually, huh. one of them did not pop back up, but I was noticing a, a gopher mound. So oh. it probably has no roots, which I'm also not an inhibits. expert, <laughs> but it might inhibit the yeah. uptake of moisture, of water, if you have no roots on a plant. Uh, that could that could have something to do with it. What yeah. plant is it? A pepper. Pe- okay. You wanted um, to check if that kind of plant needed moisture, yeah, or needed roots. Needed it doesn't need <laughs> yeah, roots. Yeah, because certain ones don't they need don't them. They don't need roots. I have an orange tree in a pot on my patio that does the same thing. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> I, that's weird. I wonder if they're related. Oh, because my peppers, when they're ripe, they turn orange, and so maybe that's related to your. Orange oh. tree. So the, so the takeaway from this, if your plant produces a fruit or vegetable that's orange, they don't need as much water. No, they, they don't do need, need roots. They do they need, water. need roots. Okay. And if especially they're, if they're in a container. <laughs> yes. And if their leaves wilt, they're suggesting to Got you. Got it. All right. Okay. After this cool, wet spell, and a tenth to a quarter of an inch of rain is not a wet spell, nor is it a. Does it? qualify as a watering no but what it does do is it delays the need to water for a day or two not if they're already wilted well not if they're wilted obviously but if you if you if they've been on a normal schedule and it rains you can wait an extra day or two agreed totally agree but it's supposed to get hot later this week they're talking about the 90s inland really late in the week yes oh i was i was looking ahead to uh, next week when we're going to be up in reno and it's going to it's not going to be hot up there. Good. I like it's it when it's going to be cool, cool up there. Yeah. Although it, it's only going to be, it, it'll drop down into the into the 40s at night. And so. Reno's the happiest, the happiest town in the country, or biggest little city. No, no, no. They had another poll that it's the the happiest place to live, or the really yeah, mm. people in Reno are the happiest, and they. I picture all the happy people around the Truckee River in downtown when we walk through. Or, oh, yeah, you know, there was a lot of happy people there. Yes, there. yes. Yeah, yeah. I. Hmm. Sorry. I, that's, a, that, that's, a, that's a good one. Uh, I'm not sure how they managed to come up with that. Uh, let's see. We have garden classes today. We, have actually, we actually have two great classes today uh, if you're looking to get out and about. At 9 o'clock in the San Diego store, it's going to be Fall and Winter Vegetable Gardening with Chuck McClung. Um, and at 9.30 in Poway, it's going to be Autumn Fruit Tree Care with Richard Wright. Both very popular classes. Get there early to make sure that you get a good seat. Um, next weekend, already in October, October 7th, uh, Fall Bulbs with Kathleen in san diego at nine o'clock and at 9 30 in poway a native plant planting and design with renee murphy formerly of moosa creek where is she now do you... she's a plant scientist working in an environmental company they do uh environmental they do restoration. mitigation and, restoration and mitigation right. using plants there's a word for that do you know what it is but they're remediation they're doing um plant-based remediation um, for old gas stations and for toxic soils, they're using plants to 
clean up the soil. And she's going all over the world talking about it now. Really? Yeah. Leaving Musa was the best thing that I think ever happened to her. Well, it was interesting. We, we'll talk about it a little bit more as we get farther into the show. But Melly and I went to a, a mushroom farm up in Escondido on Tuesday. And uh, the Roberto and Olga Ramirez, the owners of the farm, gave us, gave us a tour. And at the end of the tour, uh, we were sitting in Roberto's office. And they are using mushrooms to break down motor oil used motor oil and they had some they had some jars that were it was it was millet seed it was millet seed motor oil and um fungus that was growing on and the fungus breaks the it breaks the motor oil down into breaks it down to methane i think it, it, it breaks it down to breaks it down to methane which can then be used as a fuel which was it was very it was very interesting what they were what they were it working sounds on. like they're doing phyto remediation that's the word that's they what do you're phyto, looking for oh, you found it no 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 oh, it popped in your brain it popped into okay. my brain what i found here was and it's kind of funny that it would be listed this way reno tops the list of happiest places to live in america and it says it's the former divorce capital of the world it used to be the divorce capital of the world. Now the people are the happiest in the world or in America. Are you saying there's a correlation? No, I am not saying that. I wouldn't suggest that at all. I just think that's that was the... The divorce capital. That's interesting. Well, that's why people are... No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I am not. I was wondering that. how you went back to that. I thought you were talking about the remediation No, the phyto... When it. Ken was saying that, the word phytoremediation, that is what her specialty is now. And it was just a happenstance... Somebody couldn't make a presentation in South Africa, and she stepped in, and it was her first phytoremediation presentation, and it has exploded since then, and she's speaking all over the place on phytoremediation. That's a long way to go to talk to somebody. Well, but so. it started a new career. Well. And she got to go to South Africa. Yeah. She, it's and, not and, high and, on my and, list of places well, to go. As a, but. as a plant geek, she, I mean, like she, there are a lot of interesting plants there as well that you get to go and. I thought you were going to say to Ken, as a plant geek, you should want to go see the plants in South that's Africa. What I, that's what I was say, uh, implying. Well, we brought most of them over here now, so I don't have to. Go you there. don't have to go there. <laughs> um, today's the uh, Master Gardener seminar, I believe, in Balboa Park, which you guys didn't get invited to this year. I thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> Not sure what you did last time, but maybe they're just—they just, they like to rotate to bring fresh perspective. We did two, yeah, we did two in a row, two years in a row. Yeah, so. when nobody was out and about, right? Oh, that's oh, right. Stop it. <laughs> uh, so that's going on today in Balboa Park at the at the Casa del Prado, and I I did not print the uh, that is did not print the calendar. Strange for next, to me. Week, but. Well, the previous seminars they've had in many classrooms with i think thousands of attendees oh, i think they're it? having a show and sale too i don't think this is the same as their seminar where they were learning how to be master gardeners i think this is something different okay that could well maybe that's why you didn't get invited then yeah because we're saving, the same save, old thing and they're save, looking for saving you different. for the for the for the uh, good stuff uh, still have some we still have some Milkweed available. I haven't seen. I haven't seen very many monarchs lately, though. 
Although we have more, we actually in a in a an unusual turn of events, we have more native milkweed in stock than we do tropical milkweed. It, we have a huge amount of native milkweed in stock. A big chunk of the Moosa Creek table is is um, narrow leaf milkweed. Asclepius fasciculares. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe that's because you know. Several months ago, everybody in the world was in Southern California was specifically looking for the native milkweed, and then when we put all the information out that the others milkweed, the tropicals, etc., can be used just as safely for your plants, they started going back to buying those. It could be, I, and the growers just haven't prettier. been able to keep up keep up with it. Which the the non-native, tro- the much tropical, prettier, the tropicals are much prettier. Totally agree. Yeah, I you know I don't even know that I've seen that I've ever seen uh, fascicularis bloom. In a it, non- it has. I, I've, I've posted some pictures of it on our on our Facebook page a while back. It's it's not nowhere. It's nowhere near as showy as the tropicals. And in a non scientific study, it seems as though the monarchs prefer the tropical milkweeds. They go to those constantly. That's, and that I see them more on the tropical than I do on the on the narrow leaf. Concur. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with more right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. And we're back. With more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ, I am Ken Anderson along with David Ross and George Allman. Mark Mahady has the day off. If you want to give us a call today, 888-344-1170 is the number. I was just looking at the Botanical Garden Foundation or at the Botanical Garden Foundation calendar, and there is a master the Master Gardener seminar and sh- seminar and sale today in Balboa Park. And then you said there's one coming up in two weeks. The, yes, the actual master gardeners at the the county or the city is it the county operations center? They're doing uh, the county operations center. They, that's where all the sessions are. Session A, B, and C with a host of um, classes available to the master gardeners. Excellent. And you can find that at mastergardenersd.org. So earlier in the, in the last segment, I was talking about the mushroom farm that we went to, and it's um, and Mel and I just happened to happened to to find out about it we were at the um rancho the rancho santa fe farmer's market which they do on sundays um, in that little shopping center that's kind of by the helen woodward center right very nice farmer's market if they probably have more food stations where they're actually preparing food um than any any um farmer's market that i've been to i mean they 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 do a very nice job, but there was a there was a gentleman there who had a booth set up, and he was selling mushrooms, and he had all kinds of mushrooms uh, for sale, and they're local there in, in uh, North Escondido Mountain Meadow Mushroom Farm, um, and they grow they grow all kinds of stuff that I had never seen before. Um, 
the pink oyster mushrooms, which supposedly have the ten, have the have the texture and somewhat flavor of bacon, which isn't a bad thing. Um, Do you know what else does? What bacon? Bacon, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it probably doesn't. The bacon probably spatters more in the, the kitchen. They had they had lion's mane mushrooms, which I had not seen before, and apparently those you can use to make vegan crab cakes if that's what you would like to do or um they um were telling us that you can also use it to make um vegan pulled pork which there again pulled pork is probably just as good as vegan pulled pork but um, <laughs> i'm glad i didn't say that <laughs> yeah. um no, but it was, it, it was it was a it was a fa- it was a fascinating operation they have 17 acres um and they grow all different kinds of stuff and it's been in business since 1952. Oh wow! Where do they sell their mushrooms? You said farmers markets. Well, farmer farmers markets. Um, I don't re- I don't remember what other outlets they have. I do believe they sell they do sell to some um, restaurants and things like that. Uh, do they but, grow regular mushrooms too, or just more? I didn't see any exotics. I think that's what they. I think that's how they started out was just growing the the, the button mushrooms. Um, now they just grow all they grow all kinds of stuff um they had they had shiitakes they had i think they had some morels they had um three different kinds of oyster mushrooms they had regular oyster mushrooms they had the pink oyster mushrooms they had blue oyster mushrooms um was it it was it was fascinating um and most of the a lot of the the um, bedding that they bring in to compost down to use as the um the bedding to, to grow the mushrooms um they get from their their busy season is they get it from the racetrack over in del mar and he said they get up to 67 trucks a day of straw and bedding from from del mar that's a bunch it's huge and then they 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 bale it into these massive bales the the bales are probably um five by five by three I mean, they're they're huge bale. It's not like a hay bale. I mean, it's a massive bale. But they, when it comes in, they have to they bale it so that they have better control over it and it doesn't deteriorate as quickly as it as it would if it was just in a in a heap somewhere. So, but it's a. And, it's and a, then, do they compost it in the bale form? Do they stack no. the bales, or that's just to store it? That's until just they to store it until it. they need it. Yeah. So they bring it in, rough, all messed up. Mm-hmm. They bale it. Mm-hmm. And then they unbale it to compost. To, to it. compost it, yeah. But you know, when you're bringing in 67 trucks a day, you got to do something with it. Yeah, I, I guess mean, so. that's a that's all that's a lot of trucks. And so I I am assuming that bedding coming from the racetrack is not clean or sterile, but that's what the composting process does: breaks it down, cleans mm-hmm. it up, and sterilizes it for use for the mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With regard to the oil, are they doing that large scale, or are they just showing no, you? No, they're just okay. The, it's uh, just on a, on a small scale at this point in time uh, to see to see how it works. That's interesting um, to me. The other thing that was interesting was I was I was surprised because they took us into some of the grow houses where they're they're actually growing some of the mushrooms, um, and the first one we went in, it was so humid that there there was actually water on the on the floor of the of the house, and it was it was cold. I mean, it it was not. For some reason, I I just pictured that mushrooms were going to be growing in a in a warm, humid environment, and that's not the case in 
there may be some, but the first house that we went into, it was cold. It was cold. Well, I guess mushrooms grow all over the world, and we yeah. deal with ours come up here in Southern California during the warmer, more humid season. Yeah, they're starting to cut. Or my neighbor took out a, she took a palm tree out of her front yard, and I've noticed that there's mushrooms coming up in her in her lawn around the area where the palm tree was. So I'm sure they're feeding off of the the root system that was left over when the palm tree came out. Uh, the the second house that we went into, it was. It was dry. It was drier, but and a, and a little bit warmer. But it wasn't nearly as humid as the as the first one. But it's a it's a very interesting operation. I and I think um, I think their website is Mountain Meadow Mountain Meadow Mushroom. We'll find it. We'll figure we'll figure it out. But if you give them, they do offer tours to the public. So if you give them a call, you can get the information um, on when the tours are. It looks like it's three M. You know, Meadow Mountain Meadow M M M Mushroom. It's mmmushroom.com. Okay, mmmushroom.com. But they have they have information on there for for the tours um, that you can go and take a look at. Um, It is in the middle of nowhere, though. I mean, it's. uh, It's it's way on the north side of uh, Escondido, uh, but highly worth going out and taking a look at and taking the tour. And they also they also sell um, the mushrooms there as well. So you know, I'd I'd never heard of Lion's Mane mushroom, and when you said that, I had this. I don't know why I was picturing I was picturing the horse mane, and so I was thinking it was long and stringy. But now looking at the picture of a mushroom of a lion's mane mushroom, it looks more like coral. Yeah, kind of look like a coral. Yeah, it, it it doesn't really look like a mushroom. Did and you purchase any of the no, varieties? No, we okay. did not. Although we did, we did buy two um, growing kits, which I think we were probably going to have sometime around the uh, around the holiday season. We'll we'll bring in a few for people to. These are for people gorgeous, and the gold and pink oyster mushrooms. Now, you think blue oyster mushrooms have anything to do with blue oyster cult? It's a good the, question. The, or is it? Well, we'll we'll study up on that later. <laughs> but yeah, it's a it, it's a it's a very interesting place, and I was I was talking to the owner about it, and and I think I've mentioned it here on the show before too, that the Mycological Society, when they have their annual show in Balboa Park, is just absolutely fascinating, uh, really really interesting, and a lot of the stuff that they have on display has been foraged um, out of the backcountry here in san diego so you get to see some some really neat stuff and then there was we were talking about it at the uh, at the at the old ferry building in san francisco the entire building is full of um, retail space and it's all culinary related it's either food or you know, cooking utensils we, we or were there back in july yeah there and was a the, did you go to the mushroom shop that was no, there? i went to the bakery that did gluten-free stuff and the oh. line was huge we 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 feasted right there. Yeah, there there was the last time we were up there. There was a there was a mushroom store there, and they had all kinds of mushrooms. And they even had um, they had truffles. They had white and black truffles, and I think the white truffles were sixteen hundred dollars a pound, something like that. I mean, mm-hmm. they're really really expensive, um, but pretty pretty neat stuff. Oh, let's have, just one last piece ahead. to that. Have you have you grown mushrooms at home outside of you know in your yard? Have you done it for food? For on purpose? Right. No. Okay. <laughs> on purpose. <laughs> no, I fair have, question. No, no, yeah. no, I, no, no. No, I have not. 
Um, I know that you know I've gone through some of the big box stores in the past, and they sell the little kits. And I think we had them at one point years ago. But I was, and I'd never tried. I'm not a big mushroom fan, so it says on here you spritz them with distilled water. Yeah, and I asked him. I asked him about that, and I, I said, I said, what well, you know, does reverse osmosis water work? And he said, any kind of water works. He said they're really not that oh, good. picky about it. So good. Um, yeah. So did you get your your kit put in a cool, dry place, or is it still in the back of your car? No, no, no. It is in a cool, dry place, but it has not. I haven't slit the bag and uh, put it on the table. I have just the perfect place to do it. So yeah, Blake took over ours as soon as we brought it home. So I. You want to send to, him over? I'll have to check and see what he's what he's got going on. Um, I don't even know where he put it at this point. It's somewhere in the house. <laughs> well, at it's, least I know where mine yeah. is. Thank you very much. Yeah, there you go. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. Uh, was wandering around through the store the other day. Look around. Oh, the, our first order of um, fruit tree-related stuff came in from Ellie Cook. And what did we get in in this order? We got in some persimmons, mulberries, jujubes, and then some ornamentals. And a, and a plum. Oh, and the Inca plum. Inca plum. What is the Inca plum? It's a, a gold. I'm, I'm yellow gold. It's Inca gold. Right. Would that be the... Maybe so, yeah. It's, it's a it, yellow. It's, a peak, it's piqued my interest. We may... It's a delicious yeah. yellow plum, and I had spoken to Antonio at the San Diego store about... The, the order coming in, and I said, is there anything you want? And he said, you know, if we could get some Inca plums. There was a gentleman in last week or earlier this week, and he brought in an Inca plum, and it was delicious, and we identified it. He didn't, they didn't know at the time it was an Inca plum. And he said, so if we could get some Inca plums, that would be great. So I emailed Cook on the, the day before we were expecting the order, and he was able to ship us 30 Inca plums, hmm. and they're good-looking trees. I sent some down to San Diego. The trees we're talking about are all in Poway. San Diego has a few GA-866 jujubes, some Inca plums, and some, what's the other jujube? Was it sugarcane? I think Lee. Well, didn't we get some we leaves? We got leaves, but the leaves I hadn't processed. I didn't get them out of the box in time. I think it was... Sh- not sugar cane. There, there were sugar canes. Were, okay, yep. then it was sugar cane. Yep. Sugar cane and GA-866, a very limited number, were sent down. And we also got in some gorgeous uh, corkscrew willows. Hmm. And I may just plant one day. And some have. some nice burgundy liquid ambers. The liquid amber crop is good. Yep. And the ones that we got last year that we potted up are just beginning to color up nicely. Uh, should be a good fall season. And then I got... Ten of the acers, the maples, October glory or something like that, because Audrey had sent me pictures last fall of some trees back in North Carolina that she wanted. And she goes, what is this? I'd, I'd like some of those. And I guess there's no nurseries and no plants available in North <laughs> Carolina. So that's going to... I beg to differ on well, that. I'm, I'm sure you're looking at a different part of North Carolina. Charlotte, I don't think, oh. has any nurseries or plants available. Oh, or, or food stores where they can get avocados. Yes. So <laughs> Dad's going to put some of those, since they're in the small pots, the sleeve pots, into a box and ship them back there. get them back to her. Now, the question for us is, 
do I want them back there right now before it gets cold and they go dormant, or should I wait until they go dormant and ship them back and have her plant them during winter? That's probably what I would do. Wait? Yeah. Okay. I would think so. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. Mark, stay on the line. We're going to talk to you when we come back right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. And we're back. With more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ, I'm Ken Anderson, along with David Ross and George Allman. Mark Mahady has the day off. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. We are going to go to the phones right now. We're going to go out to La Mesa, where Mark is waiting. Good morning, Mark. Thanks for holding. What can we do for you? Sure. Good morning. Um, after listening, I've got uh, two more questions. Uh, one was, you mentioned motor oil. and I, Do you guys recall that uh, I, I used to get motor oil, a, a mix of some sort from a gas station to, for weed control, uh, was that a bad uh, material or to use for uh, weed control? Well, back at, back at that time, it probably wasn't considered bad. In this day and age, I'm not so sure how environmentally friendly it would be. We used to, we used to buy, uh, when we had the growing yard, um, we used to buy uh, weed oil in 55 gallon drums and you would just put it you, you wouldn't even spray it you would just kind of pour it over the weeds and it would it would kill them but it was as i recall it was more of a top kill i don't think it really yeah, it, it, it it doesn't kill the it's a smother it would smother it them. smothers it smothers them i yeah. grew up with that too in la mesa yeah, yeah. Might still be an old there might be still one of those so old the question drums. now are things growing in the spot where you used to pour oh, that there, stuff it it only killed the weeds okay it didn't it was in an avocado grove which is no longer there, so maybe it was the maybe that's maybe what did it. Was it. The oil and not the phytophthora. Yeah, but yeah, I I, I remember those days as well. Um, and I I think we I think we sold I think we even sold weed oil in one gallon in one gallon <laughs> jars. Was, was weed oil actually? Oil, I mean, motor oil. It was. I, I don't think it, it was. I don't think it was motor oil. It was a. It was a. It was a finer. But it's finer oil, like kind of like a rough kerosene. As, as I, I recall, I enjoyed the fragrance. That yeah, might, that I get, might explain I get, some some things. I, re, I, re, I remember I remember the smell of it. You know, when you talk <clears> about <throat> weed oil now, it has a totally different meaning. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we used to get it from a gas station. But anyway, um, the uh, you mentioned let's see, uh, uh, jujubes. What what uh, what's it? Is that a fruit tree or? It it is a fruit tree. It's also also called a Chinese date. And they look, oh. they look like, um, what did you say? They look like a, almost like a... Uh, they look like a brown olive. Yeah, or, or, uh, but much more elongated, like yes. almost like a, like a date. Off of a, a yes, date palm. A, yeah. small, a small date. Right. And they are kind of treated the same. They can be eaten fresh or dried. And it's a very drought-tolerant tree. Very. It and thrives on neglect. Very good for you. They're supposed to be nutrient-dense and 
do something good for you. Hmm. Interesting. Um, and they grow yeah, very well with very little water. They are, oh. I know you said drought tolerant, but they will take care of themselves. Oh, that's great. Um, I was wondering, I've got a, a Santa Rosa plum tree, and uh, I was wondering, do you know when they leaf out? I'm wondering if mine is dead or not. Uh, <laughs> they should be getting ready to drop their leaves, so if it has not had leaves on it all summer, I apologize for chuckling at your your <laughs> issue here. Uh, but it, it did not leaf out this year? No. Yeah, that's not a good sign. How long have you had okay. it? Uh, probably about four years. I would say, I say. <laughs> that it's time for a new Santa Rosa plum, or perhaps replace <laughs> it with an Inca plum. Yeah, there you go. I was thinking about that. Uh, also about watering, um, this, I, I just developed my own technique in watering. I have some uh, fruit trees, orange and uh, persimmons. And what I do is I slow drip them for days. Is, is that an okay way of doing that? I've been doing that for years, and... And is, is that an okay way of uh, watering? Whatever moistens the root zone is an okay way for watering. The only question I would have about that, and hate to bring up the Santa Rosa plum again, if that's the method you were using for the Santa Rosa plum, then maybe not. But as long as you're soaking the root zone, a, a slow drip method is a great way of doing it because there'd be little to no waste. The only caution I might have is if you're doing it over a long, long, you know, you said days that you want to make sure that it does have an opportunity to dry out a little bit. You don't want to keep it constantly soaking wet. Right. And I, that's probably what did in the uh, plum tree because uh, that's the same technique I use for that. So that's not a good idea for plum trees. Well, I mean, I water, when we water our trees, I soak that area and sometimes I'll put a hose there and let it run for you know, 10, 12 hours, David does it for 24 hours, but, um, and not, he doesn't do it on purpose that way, but, um, I'll let him soak for a long time, but then I don't go back out and water it, you know, two or three or four days later. If it's an established tree, I'll wait 10 to 14 days before I give it another deep watering. And you mentioned wilting. Uh, is that, is that an all, uh, acceptable method for, uh, watering when they start wilting and, than watering or that's too far gone if you, you don't want to you don't want to have that cycle going that puts a lot of stress on the tree and you may not get as much uh production out of it or life you want you want to water it a day or two before it wilts so if you can figure out how to determine <laughs> that the day it's wilting you wanted to water it yesterday or the day before well and we have a clay type well actually i live in lemon grove but um if you've got a a clay base is is a uh, does it matter how you water? Uh, is it more important to do it one way or, or another? Well, the clay being less less porous will hold the moisture much longer, and doing it the slow drip way is probably a very good way to do it, and then make sure you let it dry out before you do it again. Right. Okay, well, very good. Hey, Thanks before, for answering before, all my questions. Before you hang up, uh, if you get the opportunity, go to the San Diego Botanic Garden in Encinitas, and they have three jujubes that are covered with fruit right now if you want to go see what they look like. Oh, great. Yeah, I'll try to do that. Our good friend John Clements just gave me a heads up that that's happening up there. I have them in my yard, too, but, you know. And you need to get out of the building quickly. <laughs> dive, <laughs> dive. <laughs> well, again, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mark. You have a great weekend. You too. Take care. Bye-bye.
If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. We're going to go talk to Kathy right now. Good morning, Kathy. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. My question is, um, I have not been able to success, successfully transplant or replant a mom. When You know how you get them um, in a nice pot. Somebody gives you a gift, and it's blooming so pretty, and then the blooms start to die. And uh, when I tried to put it in a pot outside with, with, you know, the new soil, I'm just not having any luck. So would you just give me the steps that you need to take to, um, to keep that little flower alive? They're, I don't want to say this this way, but they're usually pretty easy to keep alive. So yeah, my, my first question would be if it was a nursery one that's been inside a store for a long time and you're taking it directly out in the sun, perhaps that was part of its demise? I wouldn't even worry about that with a mum. Okay. I would take it outside. I'd put it into a new pot with lots of drain holes or put it into the ground, and I would use a good, fresh potting soil, and they should do very well. And you could cut it back, and even if it were shade kind of shade grown and it went into the sun it would burn what was left there or it might burn the stems but i would think it would come out below that growth very quickly and easily yeah you don't want to plant it any deeper either you don't you, that you, making sure you plant it at the same level that it is in its current pot is important and water they're usually in very loose soils and so they'll dry out very quickly so if it goes outside gets sun and then dries out or doesn't get frequent enough watering which might be every day or two were you putting it in the ground or in a pot in a pot and so the smaller the pot the more frequently you're going to have to water it and so you can't water it you know once a week like you might do with some of the excuse me some of the plants in the ground or inside it's going to need much more frequent watering after it goes outside and i would cut it back by probably about 50 percent when you transplant it and it should come Uh out fairly quickly uh-huh. I, I have an idea that I um, I may have waited too long before I put it outside and that it was getting, it needed to be in a less direct sun. I think that it was getting too much sun. So I think I'll move it. I'll move it. It's hanging in there, this, this last one. Um, and I have it in a place where it doesn't get so much sun. It just gets some morning sun and that's all. So I, I think that might be it. Well, this has been a nice pep talk for me. <laughs> you can do this. You can do I, this. I, thank you. I really think I can now. Okay. <laughs> thank you so much. You're welcome. You have a great weekend. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care. <coughs> Dad always loved his his mums because they would come back year after year. And mom always got mums and dad always planted them and was always happy to show me that his his mums were blooming and reblooming. They're one of my favorite fall plants. They're they're I don't grow them myself, but they're just spectacular. And the the variety of colors that that's available for the for the bedding mums and they like you said they're they're pretty easy they're to grow. Easy. The the problem with the bedding mums, the ones we sell is they're they're small, you get your bloom and then they're done. But what people don't realize is if you take them and then transplant them, then you get twice as many blooms the following season. And you'll get mm-hmm. two or three bloom cycles a year out of them if you, if you want. Mm-hmm. Well, and when, they're, when they bloom, I mean, they're pretty much 
solid color. I mean, they they put out a tremendous amount of flowers. When I was living in Tennessee, that was the big autumn. Everybody would go to the nurseries and buy tons of them, and the churches would put them out. Everybody had them out everywhere. Yeah, it's a it's a nice it's a it's a nice fall color plant. That that is for sure. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. We'll be back with more right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. And we're back. With more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ, I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross and George Allman. Mark Mahady has the day off. Uh, looking through the, wandering around through the shade house the other day, one of the interesting plant that uh, we got with all the caudiciform stuff that we had in was the Dorstenias. Did you see, did you look at those? No. They are really bizarre. Well, actually, I may have looked at them. But I don't recognize they, the name, they, so I don't they, know um, they have an almost alien-looking flower to them, almost like a starfish. Um, but the one, the Dorstenias that we have, <clears throat> I can't remember which variety well, it is. Well, that's the one you showed me the picture of. Did I? I don't remember showing you a picture now of it. Now I have to look up Dorstenia. But I don't know. that's not the one that I, – I've had Dorstenias in the past, and that's not the one that I've, that I've had. The one that I had had very large foliage on it. Uh, but it's a very inter- very interesting plant. I think it might even be in the fig family. Um, it's in the Moriaceae family. Yeah, so it is so, in the fig yep. family. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a strange, a very strange flower. Very interesting plant. Um, something that something you don't see every day. That is for sure. You know, I was wandering around the shade area a few times this week, including yesterday, and I don't remember seeing the Dorstenia. So now I'm going to have to go back this morning when I get in. And- it's on one of the ta- it's not up against the train layout. It's on one of the tables in the middle, in, in the middle area. Okay. Um, Was it blooming? Yeah. Oh, but the, but the, the flowers are kind of nondescript, but they they have a really strange. Is that the doesn't right look one? like that one? Oh. Um, they have a really they have a really strange looking flower to them. So, it like I said, it almost almost looks like a something alien. Um. But yeah, take a look. Take a look at it. Uh, and you know, another plant that we had out there that we used to sell tons of, but we don't, we just don't get that much of them anymore. And they, and we used to sell the bulbs too. Is uh, Zephranthes, and I can't remember it's, it's something lily. What was what's the common name for it? Zephyr. Zephyr lily. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a which is a neat looking plant. Um, very nice flower. But we used to. Sell, is that the right Dorstenia? Because that looks really neat. No, that's not it either. Um, but that's that's a plant that has kind of fallen 
kind of falling out of favor this again. week. We yeah, we have a we have a we have a we have a handful of them, but we used to get we used to get a lot of them, and we used to sell bulbs bulk bulk bulbs. Yeah, yeah. We, we don't we don't do that anymore. Uh, let's see, we're going to go down to Chula Vista where Ann is waiting. Good morning, Ann. How are you? Hi. Good morning. Hope you all are well, and thank you for the show. You as well. Um, thank my, you. You're welcome. My question is this: other than calling the pest control company um there are some outside rats that are um eating my cacti is there something i can safely spray on my cacti that would kind of deter them i don't know if some of the repellents list rodents and including rats and i can't tell you off the top of my head which one but you could try that i would do the george method would you like to explain the George method, but, George? But one of the traps? Not one. The water bucket trap? Or oh, the... no, no, no. Your your circle of, oh, of, well, tra- of those, landmines. Those are specifically for the little voles that come out of a hole. I put them at a hole, but <clears throat> just I, I would use a trap. Traps work very well, and whatever they're eating is what I usually bait the trap with. I leave it out there all the time, and so it's not a new item. that, that they, don't, they don't stumble upon it one day and, and are frightened by it, and it just sits there, and then one day I set it. And usually we catch some. Yeah, I've caught in three so far with different traps and all that. I was just trying to see if there is anything else there, that I could do to spray on a mint. Um, what about mint the, spray? Or, you know, there are mint oil um, repellents, repellents, but they. I guess if it's on the plant, they may not eat it. The ones that came in the little hang bags, like tea bags, didn't seem to work mm-hmm. as a deterrent to the area. But I guess you could spray it with one of the the mint oil repellents. I'm just hesitant. I don't <coughs> think. <clears throat> excuse me. I don't think a lot of those work very well. The repellents. I, I, I don't either. I'm just trying to give her hope, George. <laughs> You want to hear something crazy? <laughs> yes. I was, even, I was getting desperate to, you know, because I do have the traps and all that. I was thinking, what about pepper spray on the plants? Would that kill it, or would that deter? It might deter. It might deter them. That would definitely be something that would deter the the chewing action. Um, I don't know if we have pepper spray anymore. It's, I think we. I think we, we still. Do. We might. Well, we, it. You can also make your own. Uh, you can use a hob. hob habanero peppers and uh steep them in water with a little bit of um just dish soap be, just be really just really be very just it. be very very careful um but yeah the pe- the pepper spray might deter them as well and what what when you're using when you're using deterrents like that it's the negative reinforcement that that really takes control so you can't just do it once you have to kind of keep up with it and and teach them that that is not something that they want to be fooling around with oh, awesome thank you thank you both so much oh you're most welcome you have a great weekend you too okay Thanks. take care i want her to give it a try and then let us know how it goes <laughs> and whether or not she got knee on her hands and then rubbed her eyes before deploying it yeah there was were you the, showing me the video the, the video the guy was he he was uh he was handling Carolina Reapers. Yes, and he and had the gloves had, on. Had for his safety. gloves on for safety, and in the middle of his little video, he reached up and scratched his eye. <laughs> well, he was, and the look on his face when he realized what he had done was was quite was quite something. Um, my neighbor came over on Thursday night uh, for happy hour, and he brought over. Um, it wasn't a Carolina Reaper. 
I can't remember. Maybe it was a Carolina Reaper. He brought he brought one over in a in a plastic bag to show me he had he had grown some. But what they what he and his wife were doing was they would take they would take one pepper and cut it up into sections and steep it in a steep it in a one and three quarter liter bottle of tequila to make spicy tequila for spicy margaritas he said it works very well he said, i, I <laughs> believe it would i somebody brought in actually uh brian i think brought in some hot peppers to the nursery len <clears throat> that was len len brought them in to brian oh, okay <clears throat> and there is a habanero a heatless habanero and they were in the box and they were all marked and the heatless habanero looks just like the regular habanero and i tried one of the heatless habaneros and it tasted like a habanero it wasn't that exciting mm -hmm. and it had no heat and then i was thinking i'd be really neat to take the heatless <laughs> habanero and switch it with the regular habanero and leave it in there for the next person <laughs> i didn't do it but do other people think that way or is it was it i don't know that's kind of that's kind of like shishito peppers you can sit there and have you can sit there and have them have nine or eight or nine of them and number 10 is going to be incredibly hot i did not know that but funny you should say it's, that. it is just random how, how I, josh really wanted a shishito pepper so i brought him we got some really nice late season four inch shishito peppers and i took one across and gave it to him he planted it and he was doing that he was eating them and then all of a sudden his life changed a little bit because he got that one hot pepper. I didn't understand. I didn't know that. Yeah, it, it's really strange. It's a, it's just a random occurrence. But it's like one in ten is really hot. It's like uh, Russian roulette pepper. Style. That's exactly what it is. They're they're great. Um, grilled shishito peppers. Are, we didn't we didn't get any this year. We had part of the jalapeno gate, so I planted two six packs of shishito and, and got completely random peppers. I want to say six or eight weeks ago. We got in some really nice four-inch shishitos that had fruit forming on them, but I didn't know that they were yeah, random. It's it's strange. Uh, we got garden classes today, nine o'clock in San Diego. It's going to be fall and winter vegetable gardening with Chuck McClung at nine thirty in Poway. It's going to be autumn fruit tree care with Richard Wright. Uh, both popular classes, so get there early if you want to get a good seat. You've been listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Kane Anderson along with David Ross and George Allman. Mark Mahady hopefully will join us next week, and uh, we'll be back with more. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, your source for gardening, landscaping, and horticulture news. Still have a question for the Garden Talk crew? or want to learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor, send an email to askanexpert at walteranderson.com. That's askanexpert at walteranderson.com or visit walteranderson.com. There's more professional gardening advice next week at this same time on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery.